0: Hey guys, just wanted to remind you that we have social media where you could meet us. Um, Social media includes our handy Facebook page where you can find us at facebook.com slash chsbt. Um, Wayne is the main person who runs that. Kind of. Mostly. (laughs) Um, And then also you can hit us up on Instagram, um, which our handle is confessionshsbt and on Twitter, hsbt.
1: Hey, we had a really good time, Chris and I. Uh, We got invited out to Ventura to uh, record uh, a special episode. And we had such a blast doing it that we uh, would like to extend the invitation out to the rest of you. So any other listener who um, thinks that uh, you've got some good stuff to to say or share or ask us some questions and you'd be willing to do so in podcast format, uh, please contact us. And uh, yeah, we'd love to come out your direction and do that with you and your group
0: especially if you're in the Southern California area.
1: Oh yeah. If you're in Idaho,
0: it just might cost more money. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And in addition to the social media outlets, you can also reach us at our email address, which is confessions. at gmail.com, or you can just hit us up on our website. Um, Also, the reason we're even bringing that up is because this episode that you're about to listen to um, features that event um, before. First of all, a big shout-out to our Ventura Vineyard friends. Yeah, some good guys. Yeah. We got to hang out with a, a guy's Bible study. Would you call that a Bible yeah, study? Yeah, like a uh, yeah. theology a Theology group. Group. Bible yeah. discussion group. Yeah, we got to hang out with them. But beforehand, we, we cherry-picked a few of the dads um, to get some insights on uh, what they desire out of their their children's Christian education.
1: Yeah, which, which is really cool for us and makes for a good podcast, but for those of you listening, you might not necessarily uh, find yourself uh, in the same situation uh, that they are, and so we also just want to recognize that, that the guys we're talking to, um, this is also not the norm for us when we're talking about parents of, of students in our classroom. These guys aren't necessarily the norm, uh, but they do offer us uh, one insight, a really beautiful insight into parenting and yeah. Yeah,
0: so we hope you enjoy listening. Shalom.
2: You are listening to Confessions of a High School Bible Teacher. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Hey everybody, this is Christopher Seals, and to the left of me is a pretty well-groomed bearded man named...
1: Wayne David Randolph.
0: Hey, Wayne David Randolph. What's up, dude? There's other people at the table.
1: Yeah. What's up, other people?
0: What's up? Hey. How's it going? (laughs) Wow. Um, The reason we have other people at the table, um, this is our first live event. There's five of us. (laughs) (laughs) It's a a big crowd. (laughs) It sounds a lot more epic um, if we call it a live event. Um... The reason they're here? The reason they're here is because all of us sitting at this table have kids. Yes, we do. Um, I think if we go in order of youngest to oldest, I have a two-and-a-half-year-old.
1: Wayne has a...
0: I got a four-and-a-half and a nine.
3: Uh, I would have two... Who, who's I? Uh, oh, uh, so I'm Brian Flores. Howdy. Brian. Howdy. Uh, I have uh, two almost eight-year-olds.
4: Twinsies. All right. I'm Dan Cameron, and I have an almost 9-year-old and a 12-year-old. Excellent. And Jared?
5: My name's Jared. Uh, I've got a bunch of old kids. My youngest <laughs> is 17, and then I've got a 19-year-old daughter and a 20-year-old son who'll be 21 next month. So I stopped considering them kids a little while
0: ago. Nice. So collectively, we're, we're, we're dads. <laughs> yes, we, <laughs> are, we are dads. We are dads. Um, And uh, we uh, realized it would be a good idea to to sort of touch on this topic of parents, because when we are Christian school teachers, um, parents, um, well, they're the ones who pay our paychecks. So that's pretty important, at least to me. So thank you, parents. but when it comes to uh, parenting um, and, the, and the relationship with the Christian school, um, parents drop off their kids um, with a number of different expectations. Um, no, you,
1: you teach them about Jesus. Yeah, exactly. Um,
0: or depending on the parent, like some of them are like, no, I'm going to teach my kid about Jesus. I just don't want him in the dirty public schools. Or um, yeah, <laughs> those parents. Yeah, or um, we get some of the, hey, can you fix my kid? Yeah, um, I
1: don't know what to do with him. You do it. Yeah. So yeah, figured it would be a good time to discuss um, maybe parenting expectations of yeah. other leaders and teachers, and uh, maybe maybe parenting tips. I, I mean, we'll see where this goes. But
0: um, yeah, and I think part of it also is it. As always, we're not just talking about what goes on in the Christian school, but also what churches are doing because when it it's not just at a Christian school that parents are dropping off their kids, but it's on a Sunday morning or a Wednesday night or a Friday night, depending on how your church is set up, um, that parents are leaving their kids with other adults and saying, hi, can you Jesus for my kid, please? Um, and so when we do that, I think, I don't know, for, for the longest time, I, f- I feel like maybe people were more optimistic, like everything's probably going to be fine. But now even as we as we discuss how to frame conversations, as we discuss, okay, what is what does it look like to teach people about the kingdom of God and Jesus? Even as a parent of a two-and-a-half-year-old, I'm asking questions like, okay, um, how is substitutionary atonement going to be presented <laughs> to my daughter? And <laughs> And at what age is she going to be told that she needs to have shame about the sins that she's committed and all of that?
1: Yeah, I know a conversation we were having earlier even was just thinking about, um, if I could just be <laughs> totally honest, like I, I don't want my kid to be... Um, Enculturated or indoctrinated, maybe the way that I was. And um, what I'm not saying there is, I don't want them. I'm not saying that I don't want them to hear the same truth that I grew up hearing. Um, but what I am saying is, I don't want them to um, experience the rote learning, so that at some point in my, I don't know, late 20s, and after a couple thousand dollars of therapy, um, you know, come come to maybe a, a healthier understanding of, of what actually is going on in Scripture. And so. That was kind of the impetus even for this this podcast today is that um expectations of parents and um I don't know, I, I guess maybe to to jump in, um the, the thought that, that kind of came through my mind um because I do have this conversation with with parents, it's usually one on one. Um, the, the parents that do leave their kids at our school, and maybe every now and then the, the parent that cares a little bit more will have the one-on-one conversation. But we thought we wanted to open up the, the, the community at large. and um, The expectations. So as parents, what, what do we want mm. our kids to know about Jesus? What do we want our kids to know uh, about the Bible? And what do we want our kids to know about the kingdom of God? Because mm. um, it seems like even those, those, those three terms there, I got I to mm. spit on the mic. Uh, yeah, yeah. Those three terms there—if um, they're not defined—I mean, we, we can. I'm sure you guys could all attest to this. We could all be having conversations about those three topics and find out that the definitions we're using of even those things and the expectations and baggage along. So um, right, I don't we know. could all
0: say the kingdom of God is the most important thing, but then um, when I'm saying that, I'm talking about where what God wants is happening right in our midst and forever. Um, and someone else might hear, the place that you go after you die. And that's the most important thing. Yeah, um, or they
1: hear it through a political lens. Right. Or, you it, know. It's
3: not that big white building. <laughs> that's, that's not the kingdom. That's
1: actually a taboo <laughs> subject, Brian. That will be episode
3: 63.
1: The <laughs> <laughs> big white building. <laughs> yeah, that's. so I think that's... Um, man, for again, to, to be even, even more transparent there, as, as leaders, as people who other parents look us in the eye and say, hey, you know, you do it, uh, or you know, or maybe it's just they, they trust us, um, there are expectations. There, there, are, there are unspokens that happen um, often, and we usually hear about it <laughs> afterwards when maybe a conversation in the class has taken a certain turn and, and maybe a parent... Um, either affirms that conversation or maybe the parent has some red flags that come up or whatever it may be. And it seems like if we're kind of looking at where, where that starts is it, it comes down to expectations and definitions. Right. Um, so that's, we kind of want to hear from, from you gentlemen, like um, you still go to church, you guys are still in this thing. I, I know you guys have your own stories and I would imagine your own baggage if you're as old as I am. Um, but, but you're still in this thing and, and you're, you're, you're talking with these, about these subjects with your kids, and other people are talking about these subjects with your kids. So we'd like to maybe pick your brains a little bit on, on what, are, what are the important essentials for you guys, you know, especially as parents.
0: Yeah, and I think it's really important to come from you guys because um, we, we are tainted by the school machinery, right? We are part yes. of the educational industrial complex. Um, <laughs> and so hearing from the voices of the people who actually are... are I mean, we have kids, yeah. um, but they'll probably go to either our school or our spouse's school.
1: These guys aren't paid, and their kids do not pay our salary either. They don't have kids (laughs) in our school. Exactly, so they can be objective. They're even in a different geographic location.
0: Yes. Frank. So. So, um, (laughs) when you think, um, so depending on the age bracket, when you think about what you would like your kids to learn from, like, a Christian educational perspective um, or in a Christian educational context – um, what would you what are some things that are are sort of the essentials that you're like, man, I really want my kid to get this out of their educational experience? Hmm.
3: Cue, so, cue
1: the crickets. <laughs> 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 to, what, should
3: we all start at the same time? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the um, so yeah, I mean' I'll, I guess I'll give you my perspective first. So I think age appropriateness obviously is is huge, right? Mm-hmm. my my seven year olds, uh, probably are not ready for the same levels of conversations that Jared's you know late teenagers are mm. uh, having so so that's one but but I guess in terms of what do I want them to know you know I, I want them to know that they are loved mm. uh, that there is a, a force at work in the universe that is you know um, promoting good and wholeness and in you know Shalom um, and and that it's okay to wrestle with what that really means mm. Um, and that it's okay to ask questions around stories and um, that, you know, there's, there's freedom to, I suppose, in some respects to, um, to look at stories differently than maybe somebody else who they've heard it. You know, the, the, uh, the challenge for me is a, a, my kids go to Sunday school and, you know, there's different personalities, different perspectives, you know, we all see things through different set of lenses And um, I I don't always know exactly what what context they're receiving. Mm -hmm. Um, So I want them to know, you know, at a base level, that they're loved, uh, that God is good, and that he is, you know, trying to advance his purposes. And and that we get to participate in that. And that it's just, you know, that there's involvement. It's not just, here's what you have to believe, here's the clothes you have to wear, and you have to say these things, and that's what makes you a Christian. It's more than just... Identifying with a group, I guess, is key for me.
0: I'd like to have more parents yeah. like Brian. <laughs> That's pretty fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, well, okay, so how, this is, as a teacher, I'm sort of curious, um, what did the, the journey to wanting to parent that way mm-hmm. sort of look like? Because I, I would say that, I mean, to, for a lot of us as humans, um, we like, um, we, we sort of want to replicate um, not just our genetics, but we want to replicate our spiritual genetics, our ideological genetics into our next generation. And the common assumption is the best way to do that is indoctrination, is memorize these words, the things that you said that you don't want them just to do. So how did you get to a place, even in parenting, to have sort of a more open-handed view of it?
3: Yeah, I mean, obviously I'm a, a byproduct of my own experiences and in, in journey. And... Um, <clears throat> have have come from a place of indoctrination you know not not i don't think it was intentional on the part of parents but you know i went you know to catholic high school um and, and was exposed to the kind of that form so i guess as i progressed in my own journey um through seeing others uh through getting input from others different perspectives um i saw the fruit of that you know that that Just being open to hearing a different perspective is is beneficial. Uh, And then I also, I guess, I'm at a point in my life where I realize that I probably don't know very much. Mm -hmm. Uh, And what I thought I knew is just a a grain of sand in in the the universe. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I don't necessarily want my kids to know, to to have the exact same perspective that I do either, uh, because I'm probably not right. Um, so I want, I, it's more important for me to have them ask good questions and feel free to ask good questions than it is to be certain about the answers that they have right now. Cause, cause those answers are going to change.
1: Yeah. And I love that you said that like right now as well. Um, I'm sure the five of us guys right now could spend hours talking about stories of just how, how we knew everything, you know, at 14 and 15 and 16 yeah. and just how, how arrogant we were. And, um, what a beautiful thing to even, even touch on Brian to like. Like, hey, it, it's okay to know these things and ask questions. And, and, you know, hey, maybe maybe you not being so certain right now gives you actually room later to, to grow and learn more. Mm-hmm. Um, I do also want to just a little, a little caveat there, caveat. Um, when we say indoctrination, um, it's not some big oogly, boogly word. Um, we're, we're not... Um, saying uh, you you know that that all of the learning that we did in in church or in the Christian culture is somehow like cultish or we were just indoctrinated in like this negative sense but um, I think when we use indoctrination at least what I'm using it is more of the rote learning like here is and you kind of alluded to that right like like here, here is what what to believe. Now, you say the right kind of Christian answer when we ask the right Christian question. Right. Mm-hmm. Which um, is literally,
0: that's how catechisms work, is right. there's a question, who is God, and then there's an answer to it, right? Yes. You oh, memorize yeah. that answer. Yeah.
1: Especially if you grew up in a uh, Reformed church, because yes. <laughs> we have catechisms for everything. And, yeah. and, and so so when we're talking about um, indoctrination again, like we're, we're not saying that there, there's not doctrine and, and there aren't essentials that we all agree upon, but we'd also like to acknowledge, and I hear you saying that, Brian, is is... Um, so much of the Bible, um, I, I think it's what 75 percent of it is story, um, and so when, when you're actually talking about doctrine versus you know the, the majority of, of scripture is story, well then maybe we can kind of interact with it differently than we would like a doctrinal position.
0: Right. Um,
1: and so teaching, like I heard you say, you value that, Brian. Like teaching our kids how to think, how to think for themselves. I think that that was the goal of the leaders in my life. Um, I don't know if it was necessarily the, the what happened (laughs) in the beginning,
0: but yeah. And I think indoctrination, it speaks more to the methodology than the actual content. Um, Because you, we could indoctrinate a person and say, be a free thinker, be a free thinker, be a free thinker (laughs) and repeat that and memorize these lines about how to be a free thinker. But then it's still indoctrination. Right. And so it's more about the method of, of how to think Mm. um, and, and opening them up to that. I'm interested in hearing your perspective, Jared, as Someone who's on the other end of the... Who has young people in that critical phase of life where the questioning seems to come more naturally. What's been your experience with that whole educational process and and some of the things that Brian shared?
5: Uh, Yeah, I think for me, uh, I think that it is a really important aspect in terms of encouraging uh, those kinds of questions and making sure that you have an environment and a relationship uh, in which, you know, your kids are comfortable uh, and you know not afraid to Mm. to ask those questions that might seem you know going back to the indoctrination point like if if the structure is such that uh, you have to you know know and agree to all these right things then Mm. asking a question that might seem outside of that can be scary I think for a kid and so I think there has to be that just uh, just very explicit understanding that like you know nothing's off the table not and that's not to say that like anything goes and everything's cool and that sort of thing, but it's more just like a kind of a non-judgmental environment of like, you know, all of us are still learning, right? And uh, including, you know, us as parents. Uh, and so there's no subject or question that sh- that, they, that I think our kids should be um, afraid to ask, you know, for yeah. fear of offending or, you know,
0: yeah, or if... or it, being taboo, yeah, <laughs> exactly. being on the outskirts. Or if one of the central things that we want our kids to know is that our God, who is love, loves them. Then if they're if they're afraid to ask an honest question, if they're afraid, <laughs> it seems to kind that, of doing. yeah. It seems <laughs> that that we might be introducing them to a different god. Mm. Um, I don't
5: know. Boom. Yeah. Well, I think <laughs> another aspect of that, like where you're when you were talking about indoctrination, I think the element that's missing there when you're talking about just you know, like you said, Wayne, the rote learning and the making sure he got all the the right answers down, is that relational relational component to it. You know, because we talk and you know, in most churches, we'll tell kids like. It's all about having a relationship with God, right? But then (laughs) in in practice, it's just like, make sure you learn everything you can about me. Make sure you do all the things I want you to, not do all the things I don't want you to, and then let's meet up like once or twice a week, you know. Which is exactly how our relationship looks like with our wives, right? Exactly. (laughs) It's like that is not a formula for a healthy relationship in any other context, so why would it be that for God, you know? Again, counterintuitive. Yeah, Yeah. 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 Yeah,
1: that is good. Hey, what, what, how do you guys encourage your kids, um, to ask critical questions and then uh, kind of a follow-up question there too, would be like, what do you do when your child asks a question that you can't answer? Mm-hmm. So what, what, what does that look like? Cause we, we get those and Chris, I think we, at least once a podcast, we, 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 we talk about getting stumped or a yeah, kid yeah. asking a question. We're like, I don't know. So yeah, what, what do you, what do you yeah. as dads? What do you guys do with
0: that? And I think I, I'm really interested in this because in the, <laughs> in the Bible classroom, it's sort of our career, right? It's our, right. it's, this is what we do. And so if we don't know the answer, we'll do the research and um, we'll figure out something, but it, or we won't get paid. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and but I still think that there's not, like, that personal element to it, right? Like, yeah. I, I will give – I care about this kid, but there's something special about when it's your own child, mm-hmm. right? And so right. if it's a question maybe that's threatening or you're curious about or you've um, – that maybe you've has never crossed your mind, like, I'm also interested in sort of what, like, emotionally goes on inside yeah. of you as well. I mean, yes. this will be different at the different age ranges, I'm sure, but,
1: yeah. So critical thinking and what do you do
4: with questions that –
1: yeah. yeah.
4: I see the love, Jump in, Dan. <laughs> yeah, okay. So um, I'm just glad that I'm the third person to talk because these other two guys are much smarter than me, and they covered everything <laughs> <laughs> that I was about to talk about. But um, uh, I, one of the things that I was going to bring up earlier was I want to instill my kids or instill on my kids to be skeptics of everything. Hmm so uh when they're being quoted indoctrinated or they're being taught a certain faith that is at our church or at another church because my oldest daughter well my oldest daughter my daughter goes to uh youth group at another uh church um i I want both of them to Oh man, I lost my train of thought. So, so, but I skeptic, I, I, you, you I want, want them skeptics. to be so skeptical. So how do you teach them yeah. how do you teach them to be skeptical in a healthy way? Um I want them to be cautious of anybody saying or anybody teaching them certainty. Mm-hmm. I I grew up as a skeptical kid mm-hmm. and I would be very proud if my kids were also skeptical. Mm-hmm. Um, I want them to draw the same conclusion that I did. Not necessarily the same age that I did. It would be great that they saw the God or they see the God that I see when they're younger because I think not that their life would be any easier, but life would be in a scope that could be not better understood but also more enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, does that yeah. answer your opinion? Oh, it totally yeah. does. Yeah, it totally does. Yeah, and I think yeah, I, 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 I love I the fact that, that you
0: even said enjoyable in there because I think that <laughs> when it comes to teaching kids about the kingdom of God or teaching oh teenagers gosh. about what it means to walk with God joy, Usually is sort of one of those last it's things. It's the opposite. That's on the list. Yeah, they actually,
1: yeah. actually, yeah, the way for whatever reason the way it has been presented, and you know, I can speak for myself in that way in my youth. But for whatever reason or not, the way that it's presented is that this this grand creator who we call love. Uh, and who we say is good, and we, this word shalom we throw out about, for some reason, following him is the worst thing in the world. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like asking them to drink vinegar daily. Yeah. Um, I like apple cider vinegar. I heard it's good for I'll you. Do shots. you. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, for sure. But, yeah, I mean, but, yeah so, yeah, that, I think that actually um, my teacher heart got a little excited, Dan, but my dad heart for sure got excited there. Because I, I, if this thing is not enjoyable then when Jesus is on earth and promises, like, I've come to give you life and life abundant, um, we're not talking prosperity gospel. We're, we're talking about a whole and complete life, not lacking anything. Um, again, not material stuff, but but good and joy and and mercy and peace and those kind of things, like, that should be enjoyable. That, that should be the standard, right? And, um, yeah, that's great perspective. Thank you. Yeah.
0: For sure. Well, and I'm also curious kind of um, with as parents, if your kid goes to a Sunday school class uh, and they come back and say something, what are, what are some of those things that if they came back and said, hey, today we learned blank, or today in class we did blank, what would be some of those things that would sort of like throw up red flags for you? Because I think as Bible teachers, the, the reasons that we get emails, um, <laughs> or we get um, conferences, or someone wanting to um, talk with us after school Um, is because um, we have, like, we've said something that we didn't know was on a parent's radar. So, like, as parents, if your kid came home and said, hey, we learned this, what would be some of those things that would throw up a red flag for you?
4: Well, for me, I'll go off, sorry to jump in here, but I actually would be really proud of my kid, either one of them, to come up and ask those questions because one thing they're actually questioning what they've learned from Wednesday night group or Sunday morning group. Mm -hmm. Um, So I, I honestly, no red flags for me. I would just be, (laughs) I would just be hoping that I would be prepared to answer the question that they're about Mm -hmm. to ask. Um, But yeah, that goes back to my, uh, raising up skeptics Mm. I I want them to have those conversations with me because I'm not naive enough. I am naive in a lot of ways, but I am not naive enough to know or to share with my kid that I'm all knowing, that Mm. I know all the answers. So I can share with them without or with shame, without shame, however that works, (laughs) um, that uh, I don't know all the answers Mm. and that the person teaching them doesn't know all the answers either. So um, they need to conclude on their own what they want to believe and how they want to live their lives to the fullest and um, hopefully be outward focused, um, something that uh, I try to live my life by too. So.
3: For, for me, I would say, you know, red, red flag, um I don't know that there's any, uh, clearly, there's things that they will probably hear that I'd rather them not grasp <laughs> onto. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but nothing necessarily frightens me because I, I guess at this stage, you know, with them being roughly eight, mm-hmm. I'm more interested in their relational health, mm-hmm. um, in that I want them to know more about how they should interact with people and the world, mm-hmm. less so around, you know, their ideology. Um, again, I think it's important to keep it fairly simple mm-hmm. um, and only give them, you know, kind of what they're ready to, to really um, digest. Yeah. Um, so I think it's okay, you know, even if they hear things that I might, you know, vehemently disagree with. Um, I think it's okay to say, one, to, you know, kind of to Dan's point, we all have our own ideas and it's okay that we have different ideas. You know, there's, there's space and place for differences, mm-hmm. Um and and that my idea might while it might differ from something that you've heard, I also don't claim to, to be correct. This is just this is just all of my experience and the way in which I view the world and you know my critical thinking has led you know, I know some things about some things and it's led me to this place. So that's where I'm
5: at. Yeah. I think that aspect of like making sure the understanding is there that you're not coming from a place of, like, I do have all the answers and this is, you know, the way it is. Uh, I think that's super important, especially as, like, the kids go older and, like, you know, for you guys as kids go into high school, they're already (laughs) completely certain at that point that you don't have all the answers. and (laughs) and And even if they don't have much credible evidence to back that up, they're just sure of it nonetheless. So I think it's important for you to not try to position yourself as either a parent or a teacher as someone who, like, is and authority to the degree that, like, you know, I'm just going to tell you how it is, and you just got to, you know, accept that, versus, like, I'm still learning about things. This is what I believe, you know. um, But there's other people who believe differently, you know, about some things, about, you know, the nature of our relationship with God and things like that. and uh, Yeah.
1: So I want to ask a question, and maybe towards Dan a little bit, but um, within the desire to raise skeptics, and I love that, especially as a teacher, I, I love... I love a student who comes at me um, kind of taking on the posture of whether it's a skeptic. And, I, and when we say skeptic, too, I don't mean like cynical, right? right? Like anybody can be cynical, right? But, but to be a skeptic, to not just uh, swallow the pill, so to speak. So I love when kids come at me that way, right? Yeah, it's like a curious
0: skepticism. Yeah, as like teachers,
1: that. I mean, there's a reason we got into the profession in, in the first place. It's because we're just naturally curious. And right. so when a kid is curious, we like that, right? And so I, I love that, and I affirm that in all of you. Um, what does it What does it look like, uh, and I, we don't necessarily need to get into a whole conversation about objective and subjective truth and relativism and this and that but but can that like, as a parent, how do we help navigate our kids where they're not just skeptical of of every single thing? Um, something that came up um, uh, I, I was up in Berkeley last uh, last year or something with some students, and we were talking to a, a guy and um, studying metaphysics and and way smarter and used you know big scrabble words that i i couldn't use but um started talking about like even whether like he was such a skeptic he was to the point where like hey even this bench we're sitting on we don't even know if it if it actually exists um is there a line in our parenting where we want our kids to ask and ask questions and this and that but is there like a definitive line that we put down for them where we just kind of say well you know now, now you're just now you're just trying to be skeptical of everything so that you don't actually have to grow or so you don't actually have to move. Mm-hmm. Have you had that come um, up with your yeah. relationship at all with your kids or
4: well here comes the, the explosive t- tag that you're gonna have to <laughs> But okay so I I wanna raise I want to raise skeptics but I don't want to raise smart asses. So yeah, totally um, I I I want them I'm to go through the, smart ass, by the way. <laughs> uh, I want them to go through the logical Depths in order to draw their own conclusions. Now, trust has a lot to do with it, and um, so if they were able to trust me, um, then they should be able to. I should be able to help them and guide them through um, certain scenarios, and hopefully, I have you know an answer or I I have a a way to walk them through the struggles, or logically or um, spiritually. everything and and again the reason the reason I ask that
1: is because I I have met extremely intelligent people who are just skeptical of everything Mm -hmm. and you know maybe this is my own arrogance but I almost kind of feel bad for them where it's like it's it's not allowing them to kind of move forward in life because they're just skeptical of everything. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and I, I grew up with a father who wanted me to ask questions of everything. He didn't teach me how to ask questions, maybe lovingly or or gently, or maybe he did teach me. I just didn't listen, mm-hmm. so I was the smartass. Awesome. Um, but I definitely, I definitely, I definitely was raised the same way. Like, ask questions. Don't don't just believe it without without you looking into it. Right? Don't be gullible. Maybe so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind kind of, kind of, exactly. Of the yeah, of the that's. So I wait right on. can you guys think of um, so when, when Chris was bringing up kind of like the red flag scenario my son who who's uh, who's eight years old goes to a private school um, and the curriculum they're using um, really taught with with a fairly high level of certainty a, a young earth view of, of creation and um, Whereas my son gets exposed to, you know, his crazy dad, and, and I, I lean more towards the old earth. It just seems that that's where the evidence that I see. But um, as we had that discussion, he, he actually came home and said, Dad, you'll never believe what they were teaching. Oh, my gosh. It was six literal days, and, you know, it's an eight-year-old saying it. But we had this conversation, and I'm like, okay, so what do I do now as a dad, right? Do I, do I give him more ammunition to go back to school and own everybody in the classroom and just, you know, slam the teacher? Or, and this is... You know, This is the route I chose, and I'm going to guess it's because I have smart men talking to me. Um, but the route I chose was, hey, Noah, um, whether you look at it as a literal six days or it was six million years what do you have that's the same? And I, I kind of went into teacher mode. And so we had this discussion, and you know what, what he was able to come to his own conclusion was, well, either way, God created. Either way, there's creator. Either, either way, there, there is something beautiful. Either way, there's kind of an original plan. And I really like that. I don't know always how to do that in the classroom, necessarily, mm-hmm. uh, which is probably why we're even doing this podcast. Yeah. And, I, and I think
0: we've both experienced the flip side of it, where we have said something in class, most, most of the time <laughs> unknowing that it might be controversial, and then uh, a kid would come back, and you could tell that they got ammo from somewhere. Like when right? I told
1: the the kid, asked me about the rapture, and I said, you believe in that stuff? And it's not even in scripture, <laughs> and they came back. Yeah. Oh, good
0: times. Those good things good time. happen, dude. Yeah. Oh, man. Nice. I'm, I'm even thinking, um, <clears throat> even before the podcast, we were having a little bit of a conversation about I have a daughter who's two and a half years old, so I cannot use the word genre. Um, <laughs> and I can't use the word literature, and I can't talk about... I, I can't use the word literal. I can't use any of these words, right? And so even thinking about um, the way that she is is taught, um, God, Bible, et cetera, I, I realized it's it's super important that we're still... So okay, so here's like the the skeptic in me that says rote learning is bad, but then I'm going to be skeptical of even that statement and say that to an extent, to have fruitful, productive discussions, there needs to be some rote learning, right? So that we're yeah some agreed
1: upon agreed upon vocabulary, so that we're talking yeah. about the we same text. We always use this word when we right. Yeah.
0: And so, like when talking to my daughter about the flood. Maybe that's a bad example. When I'm talking, like a jacked up story, right? Everybody <laughs> dies but like six people, you're doing that with a two and a half year old? Um, uh, yeah, so, so maybe a different stack. story. Um, <laughs> but that's true I'm even thinking about she has this book that in it um, there's a picture it's a cartoony book but Jesus is being crucified and she was in the back seat like just flipping through the pages and she she speaks Spanish so she said el triste like he's he's sad um, because he's like obviously in pain on the cross Um, and then so I, I realized that at a young age the age appropriate thing is really important that sometimes maybe it's just like okay Yep there was a guy from a long time ago I, you don't you have no conception of years um there's a guy from a long time ago and he died because he was good and Um, this is really powerful and meaningful for us. And I can't even say powerful and meaningful. Like, this is why I'm a high school teacher, probably. (laughs) Um, Not elementary. But yeah, and I I think that in teaching them some of the concrete things, then as as we are also instilling in them this, this desire to learn and be curious and be skeptical, then eventually the question will arise, wait, so everybody died? Um, or wait, so two animals at a time came onto this boat. How many species of animals are there? How big was the boat? Yeah, um, these sorts of these sorts of questions will surface from the concrete, and I think that's where like some of this fun, curious skepticism gets to take place, and we get to guide them if they're kind of like you were saying, if there's that trust.
5: Yes, yeah. there. Well, and I think that's the great thing about having that environment where they're free to ask those questions because then it's a clue to you to know. Okay, maybe they're ready to start considering those things, you know, maybe yeah. it's like if they're questioning those kinds of stories Then maybe they are at the place where they're ready to understand like well, you know, maybe we can what can we learn about? You know the the people of this time and their evolving knowledge of who God is, you know mm-hmm. And how how much of that is rooted in you know their culture and their history at the time that they lived versus, you know, how much of this is actually teaching us about the character of God, mm-hmm. and then, you know, how much of it is teaching us about how those people were learning to, to understand God. So, yeah. Uh, But yeah, as they get older, there's obviously, like you said, that age-appropriate thing, where it's like, once they start asking those kinds of questions, then it's like, to me, it's like a clue. Oh, okay, they're yeah, ready to start thinking ready. about those kinds of yeah. things.
1: One, so, of the, so. one of the things I hear all three of you saying, and, and I know Chris and I agree with this too, is so we value... We value our kids asking the questions and, and so for, for anybody who is in teaching or in any sort of like leadership position like, um, I feel like this is becoming our mantra, like don't don't be afraid of questions. Um, don't be afraid to say I don't know. Um, and, and the reason I think I don't know is so important, it goes back to something you said Jared, is a, or actually maybe it might have been Dan, but about trust, right? It is, is, when I know, like, these kids can smell it when we're, when we're lying, you know, and, and, and we can smell it when someone else is lying, and we were the same way when we were younger. And so to be able to say, I don't know, and, like, let's let's explore that and look at it together, like, I think that that's something healthy and it equates trust. Um, I would like to ask you, you gentlemen, like, in terms of handing over your kid to somebody else, whether that's Sunday school, youth group, um, I don't know if you're considering Christian education, any of that kind of stuff, what does it look like for you as a dad to trust the other person um, how do you establish trust or, or know that you trust somebody to, to teach them or to, to pour into mm. your kids? Yeah.
3: So for me, for me, you know, uh, the thing that w- we've been talking a lot about the conversation, um, and I think obviously it's a podcast, so it's somewhat necessary, but but the thing I think that we don't talk about often enough uh, within, you know, Christian culture is um, what we do. Yep. So mm-hmm. we talk so much about what we should believe and the things that we should say and we don't actually model those yeah, things. Those things
1: aren't, aren't infecting or informing our actions.
3: Yeah. You know, so so that's that rote
1: learning again. Yeah. <laughs> so
3: so as a as a parent of children, you know, I'm I'm somewhat less interested in having those conversations, uh, or bring, maybe maybe initiating those conversations. I should say with the kids, and I'm more concerned with what do they see, mm-hmm. because what they see is what they're going to do, not what they hear. Right. And so I would expect the same thing of, you know, someone who is um, participating in their spiritual education. I'm almost somewhat disinterested in what they have to say to me. I'd rather watch them and see how they interact with people Mm -hmm. and watch them deal with that challenging kid who just pisses you off. Like, are you going to yell at them or are you going to find a creative way Mm -hmm. Of you know bringing peace into that situation, yeah. like that—that that to me is is a is a much better guide yeah. Yeah. as yeah. to you know whether that I can trust that. Person. Yeah, that's, that's
1: huge because really, you know, if we, if we look at what's what's being said about Christianity, one, one of the biggest things out there from from critics, you know, who are who are being skeptics who are looking at us from the outside, is that we're hypocritical.
3: Right.
1: Um, th- there's not many people on the planet who don't know the name Jesus or some of the things that he taught. Uh, it seems like especially outside the church, people are very aware that he taught love for enemy. And it seems like that's something that we need to learn how to not only internalize, but actually also live out. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I I think I might've been on one of our podcasts, but it's at least a joke I use in class a lot. But, but can you imagine if Jesus is having this like this dope conversation with his, with his, uh, his disciples about you know, how to interact with the poor and why there's poverty and this and that. And then, like, someone's hungry, so they're walking down the road, and somebody asks Jesus for a dime, and he's like, ah, get a job, bum, and just keeps on walking. Yeah. Like, he totally, first of all, that's funny. We should laugh because Jesus, is. Said, <laughs> I just made Jesus say, bum, which is. But, but, like, it totally damages his teaching, right? And yeah. so um, one of the things we talk a lot about in the academic setting is, like, our orthodoxy, our right belief, and how that informs our orthopraxy, which is our right living. Um, and then that, that takes me to something else, Brian, that, that uh, one of my mentors always said, and I think I've said it every podcast as well, is it's caught, not taught. Mm. This Christianity thing, more often than not is is caught not taught. you see something that is that is appealing somebody 's lifestyle there, there is something about the way that they 're living that that is appealing to us right um, which is at least for me that 's I looked at Jesus and his life was compelling and it was appealing and, and I want more of that um, so it seems like yeah, as parents, we want to find that that person um, who over there we want to find that person who who is going to also live that out right and uh, we have a, a a late uh comer to the table uh our friend jackie uh from next door from the, the same church as the boys just walked over and brought us some salsa god bless you and you want to jump in just i just want something to add i'm
2: kind of chiming in on the end because yeah. i wanted to first of all the skepticism thing
1: jackie are you you're a mom I'm a mom. How many kids you got?
2: I have two kids.
1: How old are your kids? Uh,
2: They're grown women. They're 27 and 22.
1: Sweet. All right,
2: go ahead. So, both the skeptical, um, the ideas of being a skeptic, and also just kind of chime in on what Brian just said because, yes, I think I have a different perspective having raised two adult girls, and I've had many been questioned many times, not Mm. specifically about my um, Christianity, but also just about life in general. And I think that, that, as Brian said, it's what you do that speaks volumes. Mm. And um, one of the things I've taught my girls is, you know, because sometimes the question arises as, why do these terrible things happen mm. in life? And, you know, I can only just tell them that, you know, everything that's happened in my life has shaped me and that I've seen Christ in it through it. Mm. That out of, like, the darkness always comes brightness. And, mm. also, and that's not just a cliche when you're saying no, it, because you just not. lived it. Right? Yeah, I lived it. I grew through it. And... Yeah. Also, God places people in your life to help you through these times mm-hmm. and difficulties, through your good and through your bad. And so, maybe when I haven't had an answer, I've been very fortunate to have a huge community of people, not only within the church, but outside of the church. And I will say, well, you know, I don't know this, but you know, I trust that Brian mm-hmm. can help you through this, or mm-hmm. that Wayne can help you through it. And if you still don't have the answers, maybe you need to search outside. Mm-hmm. But also, um, we have to also allow them to make their own choices and actually a lot of times fail. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, and with that failure comes that lesson and and then maybe that acceptance also not only from their peers, from us, but from God.
1: Yeah, and that even goes into, that's really good, Jackie, that goes into kind of something Jared was saying about um, like we we want... Uh, you're kind of talking about age appropriateness, right? They're asking some questions, and then you kind of start hearing that they're, they're having these other questions. Sometimes kids have to fail, and their, their their world needs to be shattered, so they start asking the questions that actually matter, mm-hmm. right? But they, they don't even know to at, ans- ask those questions until there has been that paradigm shift,
2: and how which so react- often comes from crisis. Right? How, how we react through everything in our life also shapes the way they react. Mm-hmm. And That's one thing that I, have, I, I learned maybe in the last five years as I've been growing as a Christian. You know, asked before, if something was going wrong in my life, I was just shut down, pretend everything's okay, and now I just have given myself the permission to just have a meltdown, be broken, mm-hmm. and have people support me. Mm-hmm. And also, when I make a mistake, be a big girl and just come up and ask for forgiveness. And mm-hmm. when people Hurt me kind of take the time to process it and then also be forgiving, forgiving and compassionate to them.
1: So you mean all the things, all the buzzwords that we're teaching them, we're actually supposed to live them out, Jen? Yeah, you are. You're crazy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's good. One yeah. thing I think that is super interesting is that, well, first of all, I, I feel like this is an unfairly, beautifully skewed group of parents. Um, They're because, so good, aren't they? Yeah, because the... Um, you are you are not the norm like as as a christian educator you are not the norm that says okay you you have permission um, to teach my kids things because I've taught them to be skeptical because I've taught them to ask questions and so in this conversation I'm like okay well <laughs> man this is not going to be the experience of how most, do we get their kids it's <laughs> yeah, not going to be the experience of most Christian school teachers mm-hmm. um, but what what, we, what was just said I think everyone can resonate and every parent even the ones who want indoctrination even the <laughs> parents who are afraid of a different view of the end times or afraid of a different view. Um, of what even the word salvation means, um, those parents can definitely resonate with what you just said, and that is that they want them to live the life that Jesus also lived, right? Yeah. This, this life of self-sacrificial love, of grace, of truth, of peace, of justice, all of these themes that we see emerging in Christ and his early followers, um, the The proof of the pudding is in the taste, um, right or and so the proof of, of the the Christian teaching is in the way that it 's embodied and so if we as Christian teachers are just like throwing out doctrines to be memorized, but then the fact that our God is a triune community of love doesn't affect that they interact with others then then we're probably teaching inappropriately right and so then i th- I think this kind of this is universally applicable because we have. Um, We have life. We have this caught-not-taught thing that allows, like, both the parent who wants skepticism and the parent who wants indoctrination. Ultimately, um, as a Christian educator, we have this responsibility, and I think parents can get on board with it, of actually embodying the way of Christ. Yeah. Right?
1: Who, um, it's, it's kind of, now that I'm thinking about it through this lens, it's kind of silly. Like, all his little group of students, he had those... You know what I mean by by way of uh, by way of classification that we know about some of the students that he had he had some of those that were looking for indoctrination right. and he had some of those that were extremely skeptical and he had some of those that that didn 't want to be a part of it and What an amazing model we have of a teacher who and it, this is a Christian phrase we use all the time, right this idea of like Jesus meets us where we 're at but we we actually see him like literally meeting people where they 're at and for some people, he gave a real harsh word because they were ready for it like 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 Jared was saying, and for some, it was like. Well, let me tell you this story and right. uh, you know you can walk away with this understanding and Brian can walk away but but he modeled that very the very same thing yeah. you guys are all saying you want for your kids it seems like Christ God's intention for humanity. Modeled how to be that kind of teacher.
3: It's it's almost as though he was walking with his children, and they were asking him questions, what? and he answered the question with a question. Oh, that's a good question. What do you think based what? on what we've talked about?
0: I want to be that kind of teacher. Yeah, yeah. and so I think I think for all of our, our teachers and our ministers and our Sunday school teachers, and I mean just parents, parents. who are out there, um, I, I think that let let's take this away that that we can we can not only walk and live like Christ, but we can even teach like Christ Um, and I think that the the result of that sort of teaching um, that is open to those questions that is um, hopefully also embodying this truth will then lead us to sort of be able to replicate the kingdom of God here on earth in other people who look and act and love like Jesus amen I'm done yeah right on thank you guys for coming on the podcast yeah thank you love you guys shalom
3: in your homes shalom in your home